Hello, and welcome to Misinformation, a trivia podcast for ladies and gents who love cool trivia and sticking it to annoying teams at Pub Quiz. We're your hosts. I'm Lauren. And I'm Julia. Hey, Jewel. Hello, Lauren. Hello. How are you? I am doing well. Well, I'm doing great because uh, full disclosure to our listeners, <laughs> you and I after work today because it is a Friday mm-hmm. and you've had a very rough week. Yeah. And long I, week. Yeah. Long week. And I also have had a very long, rough week. And we were like, you know what? Let's go get cake and wine. There's a local wine bar that both of us can get to very easily from work. Mm-hmm. And uh, I walked there and Julia drove there very quickly. And um, we both had a glass of rosé and a slice of um, chocolate chip cookie dough cake. Mm-hmm. And it was wonderful. Mm-hmm. So yep. th- that's where we're at in a mentally. Yep. We're, that's where we're at physically. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and this is something that we do, um, every so often bad week or not. We're like, you want to do cake and wine, especially if Apogee, the wine bar yeah. has an especially delicious flavor. This of is cake. not an ad. We just love them. Oh yeah. We just love them. Um, and they always have good wine. Yes. And they serve cake slices by scratch bake shop, which is another excellent Rochester business. Hashtag not an ad. Yeah. Hashtag not an ad. And they're doing my wedding cake this, uh, oh. for this coming fall. So mm. But yeah, it's the delicious. only reason why I'm going. Yeah, the only reason why you're going to my wedding. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> is for the cake. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, I I get it. I mean, yeah. that's the only reason why I I'm why really you're going. going. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's just cake and wine at my wedding. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. So, so this I, <laughs> to our listeners, this was a play to get Lauren a little um, a little relaxed relaxed. That's a great <laughs> word to put it because we're going to be talking about a topic tonight that isn't necessarily titillating no but, definitely not but it's still very important to know i would so. call it necessary oh for trivia purposes yes. i think it is necessary yes exactly so as you can tell from the title of this episode um sometimes we've been at pub quiz lately and we it feels like in the last couple of months we've gotten a lot of questions dealing with um constitutional amendments yes and it feels like we know some of them pretty yeah. well and then others were just throwing in dart at a dartboard full yep. of numbers trying to come up with an answer. So yeah. I decided today that we are going to be covering the amendments of the Constitution. Look back at the Bill of Rights, which I wrote. The ink hasn't dried. Woo. Get out of the way. Here it comes. Constitution. Right. I'm ready. Woo. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Get pumped. I'm going to open up, I'm going to unbutton my shirt and open it up and it's going to say 19th. I'm going to be like, yeah, 19th Amendment. Is that the right one? We got so many more amendments to go before we get there. Okay. I'll point point to you when it's time to do your... Point to me and then I'll whip off my shirt. Yeah. Great. Great. All right. (laughs) For this audio podcast. Yes. So (laughs) the Constitution of the United States of America, Mm. it outlines the national frame of government. Uh, The opening three words... Oh, God. You're putting me on the spot. <laughs> I almost said herein lies, which doesn't make any sense. Huh. Okay. <laughs> All right. I got I got two okay. glasses of rosé and a seltzer on board. So, you know. The opening three words of the Constitution, Lauren. Oh, God. I, Julia, don't put uh, me on the spot. What is it? It's we the people. Oh, of course, we the people. All right. I mean, I did know that, but you put me on the spot and I'm like nervous. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. We the people. We the yes. people. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the first three articles of the Constitution embody the doctrine of the separation of powers. So that's how the federal government is divided into three branches. I'm not, do you, you know, I them. know the three branches. All right. Yes. The legislative, which is the two houses of Congress, yes. the executive, aka the president, and the judicial, consisting of the Supreme Court and other federal courts. So that's the first three articles of the Constitution. Oh. The next three articles, four, five, and six, they cover concepts of federalism, describing the rights and responsibilities of state governments and of the states in relationship to the federal government. Then Article 7 establishes the procedure soon after used by the 13 states to ratify the document itself. So the U.S. Constitution is regarded as the oldest written and codified constitution in the world. It is also the shortest. It is 4,543 words, including the signatures. And according to the National Archives, it takes about a half an hour to read. (laughs) Now, (laughs) is that... 
I mean, some people read fast and some people read slow. Well, you know, on, so average, on average, half an hour to read. That's not yeah. bad. Um, so the original handwritten copy fit on four big sheets of paper. They were approximately 28 and three quarters inches by 23 and five eighths inches each. Those are big. Yeah. Those are big sheets yeah. of paper. All right. Yeah. No standard sizes in that time period, I guess. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> Um, the Constitution replaced the Articles of Confederation, which was the agreement among the 13 original states of America that served as its first constitution. Um, the Articles of Confederation also formed a wartime confederation of states with an extremely limited central government. So the U.S. Constitution was drafted in 1787, okay. ratified in 1788, and went into effect in 1789. Uh, Rhode Island and the Providence Plantations did not show up at all for the Constitutional Convention, um, and they were the last of the original 13 states to ratify the Constitution. Oh, okay. Uh, the word democracy does not appear on the Constitution at all. <gasps> really? Um, America was founded as a constitutional republic. Okay. So democracy is not anywhere in... Oh my God, so are we not a democracy? We're not a democracy, we're a republic. That's true, yeah. If you've watched Scandal at all in the last, I don't know, (laughs) 17 years it's been on, that's all they do is talk about how they're doing it for the republic. I have not watched Scandal. I mean, good Lord, I haven't watched anything. But all I know is that um, Olivia Pope. Oh, she's amazing. Oh, first of all, she's gorgeous. One, she only eats burgers and red wine. Popcorn and red wine. Popcorn and red wine. Occasionally, somebody will bring something from the Gettysburger, which is... (laughs) If I had to form a fictional that's restaurant, genius. that's what I would pick. Why isn't yeah. that real? I know. That, I mean, that's really just, it's out there for the plucking, yeah. if you will. Get some freedom fries with your Gettysburger. Oh gosh, come on. Oh, come on. It writes itself. But she looks beautiful in white. Oh, of course. And she dresses like a dream. Yes. So that's what I know. That's all you know. About, about democracy scandal. and republic. <laughs> oh, and scandal. And scandal. That's all I know about scandal. That's where we got um, and you got to know that the um, father of the Constitution mm-hmm. is, or that's what he's known as, is James Madison. Okay. Okay. So I glossed over what the articles kind of touch on. Sure. So Article 5 of the Constitution is what details the amendment process. So that happens in two steps. First, Congress can propose an amendment when two-thirds of both houses vote to do so. Okay. So both houses of the Congress. The House of Representatives and the Senate. Mm-hmm. Um, then it has to be ratified by either the legislature or a convention in three quarters of the states. And amendments can also be proposed by a constitutional convention called by two thirds of the states. Okay. Any amendment arising from a constitutional convention must also be ratified by either the legislatures or conventions in three quarters of the states. And the ratification method is chosen by Congress for each amendment. Um, only one time in history were the state ratifying conventions used, and that was for the 21st Amendment, which okay. we'll talk about. Oh, boy. Um, presently, and I didn't know this prior to starting my research, the archivist of the United States is charged with the responsibility of administering the ratification process. Oh, really? So he's not just a pretty face. No, he's not. He is He is a ratifier. Yeah. Yeah, hell yeah. So, um, yeah. That's, that's awesome. That's pretty cool. All right. 33 amendments to the United States Constitution have been proposed by the U.S. Congress okay. and sent to the states for ratification since the Constitution was put into operation on March 4th, 1789. 27 of these, having been ratified by the requisite number of states, are part of the Constitution. Okay. And these are going to be the ones you should know. Okay. So 33 have been proposed, but uh-huh. 27 are actually yep. like law now. And I'll also talk about the ones that haven't been ratified. Okay, great. After too so please do yeah are you ready <laughs> i'm ready it's okay. like a roller coaster are you ready of the, civic justice here we go yeah so the first 10 amendments were adopted and ratified simultaneously and are known collectively as the original amendments of the united states of america <laughs> <laughs> sorry the bill of rights the bill of rights of course sorry lauren Again. wasn't a history major no i was not a history no. major i was an art history major which had more to do with whether or not is that a is that nude body sexual or is it about that artist's mother? Oof. Yeah. Well, hey, <laughs> I'm just saying my my uh, <laughs> history majors learn facts. <laughs> oh, oh, shots fired! <laughs> wow, I did not know I would come into this dining room tonight. And the Second Amendment has given me the right to fire those shots. <laughs> but we'll that get there. That was good. No, that was a really we'll good transition. There. 
So the Bill of Rights represents the first step that we the people took in amending the Constitution in order to form a more perfect union. Great. And uh, the Bill of Rights was championed by Virginian George Mason, who our friends down in Virginia and Maryland have heard of because there's a university down there. Yep, they love but him. maybe some other people haven't. But George Mason, real guy, champion of the Bill of Rights. Um, so the Bill of Rights adds to the Constitution specific guarantees of personal freedoms and rights clear limitations on the government's power in judicial and other proceedings, and explicit declarations that all powers are not specifically delegated to Congress by the Constitution um, that are reserved for the states or for the people. So all of the Bill of Rights were ratified in 1791. So the first 10 all went through all All at the the same same time, time. in effect, 1791. Great. So amendments 1, 2, and 3 are safeguards of liberty. Amendments 4, 5, 6, 7, and 8 are safeguards of justice. And 9 and 10 are the unenumerated rights and powers. Great. So here we go. Love it. First Amendment prohibits Congress from making any law respecting an establishment of religion, impeding the free exercise of religion, abridging the freedom of speech, infringing on the freedom of the press, interfering with the right to peaceably assemble or prohibiting the petition for a government redress of grievances. Yes. Very wordy. So this is basically the freedom of religion, assembly, press, petitioning, and speech. Yes. You can remember that with RAPS, R-A-P-P-S. Okay. So religion, assembly, press, petitioning, and speech. speech. Great. So that um, sometimes in quizzes or in Jeopardy, the the phrase redress of grievances will show up. And that is um, part of the first, part of the amendment. first amendment. So the First Amendment wraps all of that into one. Yep. Great. Yes. Great. Got it. it. Perfect. So Love it. When people talk about freedom of speech, that just means that the federal government is not allowed to persecute them for yes. what they're saying. Exactly. It doesn't protect against hate speech. It doesn't protect about against things that you are um, if you're inciting yes. issues. It just means that the federal government can't prosecute you. Exactly. It just and and I would make the argument. It just means that the the federal government can't. Uh, like you're not going to get jailed for saying something that people don't like. Right. Which is which is great. Mm-hmm. That's something that we all love. But that does not mean that you can't lose your job for it. Or yeah, get a lot of flack for it online. Government. Yes, mm-hmm. it is just the federal government. You cannot yes. go to jail, but you can be run out of town on a rail by the public. <laughs> <laughs> so keep that in mind. First Amendment wraps. Okay, Second Amendment protects the right to keep and bear arms. So we've, yeah. we've heard about this. It's your right to bear arms. Yep. The way to remember this is two, two arms. Bear arms. Hairy bear it's, arms. It's, yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. I've there seen the go. t-shirt. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Third Amendment. Places restrictions on the quartering of soldiers in private homes without the owner's consent, prohibiting it during peacetime. So this is dealing specifically with the housing of soldiers, Mm. um, which back in the colonial times was an important thing to include because uh, the British redcoats were often like, you know, would knock on the colonist doors and say, we're sleeping here tonight. And colonists didn't like that. Sure. But um, so we don't really deal with this so much anymore. But I was going to say no one's know. no one's crying foul over their right. Third Amendment rights yeah. being violated. And actually, this is the only one that the Supreme Court has never issued a ruling over. <laughs> so it's very like. <laughs> so it's it's a vestige yeah. of our past. Yeah. So if you're taking like a constitutional law class and they let you pick an amendment to write a report on. For oh, the love man. of God. Write it on the Third Amendment. Yeah, please. <laughs> Everything that has ever been said about it has been done. So your your research is done for you. Yeah. Yeah. So um, you can remember that with no housing soldiers. That's three words. Okay. No housing soldiers. No housing soldiers. Great. Okay. Fourth Amendment prohibits unreasonable seizures and searches and sets out requirements for search warrants based on probable cause as determined by a neutral judge or magistrate. Mm. So this is your protection from unreasonable search and seizures. Yes, I've seen a lot of this law and order. Oh, yeah. Anybody? They bring that up all the time. Gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you can remember this with what are you searching for? Oh, okay. Like the number four. Mm-hmm. The I number four. It. Yeah. And if you wanted to turn that into like text speak and use like the letter R and the letter U. Yeah, like Prince. Like what are you searching for? Like Prince yeah. is one of his unreleased songs. It would be is, what are you searching for? With really? an R and it. Yeah. Well, I mean, a U would have to be a U. Oh, yeah. It's like a whole, it's a Prince thing. May he <laughs> you rest. Just, I just wouldn't get it. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, you wouldn't get it. You're not cool like me. So <laughs> it's like when you see those like Facebook generated ads and it's like picks a thing that you're interested in yeah. and they're like, it's a Lauren thing. You just wouldn't understand. <laughs> yeah. Like a t-shirt. Yeah. Like, like you're going to go get that. Yeah. And I'm going to wear it to work. Yeah. I sometimes get like, I'm a badass archivist. What are you going to do about it? Like, <laughs> like yeah, um, yeah. The archivists and the librarians are going to go out and buy those shirts and wear them. And yeah. wear them with their leather jackets yeah. and sit smoking at, on the hoods of their cars. Just like staring vacantly <laughs> at the people as they go. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It really doesn't connect on that level. Yeah. That's okay. Yeah. Fourth Amendment. Yeah. What are you searching for? What are you okay. searching for? Fifth Amendment sets out the rules for indictment by grand jury and eminent domain, protects the right to due process, and prohibits self-incrimination and double jeopardy. So this is your protection of rights to life, liberty, and property. And again, if you've watched Law & Order, you've seen... I've seen Sam Waterston talk about this in his gravelly voice. Pleading the fifth. Yeah, absolutely. Is your protection against self-incrimination and Mm -hmm. um, double jeopardy, like that Ashley Judd movie. Yes. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Which I think I saw too young, but I think I enjoyed it. Oh, okay. I don't yeah. think I've seen... Well, you know what? Honestly, yeah. it's okay. I haven't seen it. I don't think it's like a touchstone thing that oh, okay. you, know, you need to have seen this <laughs> Ashley Judd vehicle. I mean, let's be honest. There's a lot of... she kills her husband. <gasps> After Spoiler! being convicted for killing her husband, oh, wait, she I finds out about that this. he faked his own death. Yes. And then she gets out. And she's like... And she's like, double jeopardy. They convicted me for this. Here, I'm going to go. I'm going to kill I'm him. I'm going to really kill him. Ooh, yeah. That's good. That's good. Yeah, she All plays right. a great, like, venge- vengeful woman. Oh, yeah, she's got a great face. <laughs> well, no, she's got a great, like, vengeful face. Okay. You can imagine her being, like, whispering to herself, I'm going to get you, Charles. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that was the Fifth Amendment. Fifth Amendment. Fifth Amendment is, I plead the Fifth. You've you've heard it. Yeah. You've seen it. Um, there's, like, one mobster, like, in the 70s that during a, um, a trial, mm-hmm. he said, I plead the fifth, like 488 oh my times. Gosh. Could you imagine how boring that yeah, was? The, court reporter the stenographer was like, was like Roberta was like, <laughs> ditto, Roberta, could you read ditto, that back? Ditto. Yeah. <laughs> um, the sixth amendment okay. protects the right to a fair and speedy public trial by jury, including the rights to be notified of accusations to mm-hmm. confront the accuser to obtain witnesses and to retain counsel. So this is your rights of accused persons in criminal cases. Great. Um, which again, law and order happens yeah. all the time. You have the right to, um, you know, confront your accuser. Mm-hmm. So if somebody's accusing you of, I don't know, stealing their... Fabergé egg? Yeah. Okay. You, like, that person has to appear in court to... to, to yeah, to yeah. confront. Mm-hmm. 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 All right, great. Um, so it also, again, that's fair and speedy trial. So a kind of a way to remember this one is um, speedy six is your speedy and fair criminal trial. Kind great. of the alliteration there. Okay. Fabulous. Seventh Amendment provides for the right to trial by jury in certain civil cases according to common law. So this is your rights in civil cases for suits over a $20 <laughs> amount. Oh, so um, this is basically like your, your, you have the right to a civil trial by jury. Um so I was trying really hard to think because this is one of those ones that kind of yeah, kind of a, is a little fuzzy if mm-hmm. you're not always super well versed in it. So seven is a lucky number, right? Okay. Okay. And if you're lucky, you'll get to meet the rural juror like Jenna Maroney. <laughs> from 30 okay. Rock. All right. All right. Okay, I'll give so it to you. Lucky, you if meet, you're lucky, you, you get to meet, meet the rural juror. The rural juror. <laughs> rural juror. <laughs> That's the best episode. <laughs> and when she sings the song. Oh my gosh. It's I great. learned it for like, like they put the words out on, Did they really? on internet after that episode came out and I learned it for like a week. Because <laughs> you were so charmed by it that you were like, I got to learn all the impossible words of the Roger song. <laughs> it was so good. Anyway, that was the Seventh Amendment. Great, Seventh. Uh, civil trial by jury. Uh, eighth Amendment prohibits excessive fines and excessive bail, as well as cruel and unusual punishment. So Ooh, this is okay. prevention of excessive bail, fines, and for and uh, punishments. So mm-hmm. a good way to remember this. If a cannibal ate you, it would be cruel and unusual punishment. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh-huh. There is no argument to that if a cannibal ate yeah. you. Also, this is like, again, with excessive fines and excessive bail. So yeah. if if... You accused me of stealing your Fabergé egg, and then the judge was like, "That'll be a twenty-eight billion dollar bail." What? I don't have twenty-eight billion dollars. That's excessive, excessive, sir. And then you can be like, "I, I um, assert my Eighth Amendment right for not having extravagant bail." All right, Ninth Amendment 
protects rights not enumerated in the Constitution. So this is basically other rights kept by the people. So the Supreme Court has found that unenumerated rights include such important rights as the right to travel, the right to vote, the right to privacy, and the right to make important decisions about one's health care or body. Oh, so okay. that's um, the number nine other rights are mine. Oh, good. Nice. So the, the so federal government wraps it all up. doesn't want anything to do with with um, some rights you have that are not necessarily mentioned in the Constitution, but as a human being, you get those. Yeah. Great. And the 10th Amendment reinforces the principle of federalism by stating that the federal government possesses only those powers delegated to it by the states or the people through the Constitution. So the 10th is specifically undelegated and reserved powers are kept by the states and the people. So that's mm-hmm. so that's when people get into debates about... Um, or, but like when gay marriage was yes. the big was the big topic. So certain states allowed it, other states didn't. The federal government at the start didn't want to touch it Stayed because it, they yeah. were saying like Tenth Amendment, like states can deal with that. That's not federal government. Yeah. Um, so the Tenth Amendment, the number ten, T E N, federal laws are what are written. Okay. Federal laws are the ones Rit- that are written. written. Okay. Okay. So that was that's your Bill of Rights. Those First are the ten. ten. Top ten. Top ten. All right. Um, would you like me to just plow right through to the next, to the next, uh, next 10 amendments or do you want a little break from learning the 10 amendments? Why do you have a break? Do you have a break song or something for us? That'd be nice. I'm going to sing the Roger song. (laughs) Here we go. Um, so I did want to talk about the unratified amendments as well. The 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 unratified amendments. Okay. So the other six, um, you know what? I'll throw them in here. Yeah, throw them in. Here you go. So you learned your Bill of Rights. Now you're taking a break. So the unratified amendments, um, there are six amendments that were approved by Congress and proposed to the states for consideration, but they have not been ratified by the required number of states to become part of the Constitution. So four of these are technically still pending because Congress did not set a time limit for the ratification. Oh, interesting. So four of them technically still pending. Two of them, they have expired without being ratified. But... So first, the Congressional Apportionment Amendment. Uh, This would strictly regulate the size of congressional districts for representation Mm. in the House of Representatives. This has been pending since September 25th, 1789. Oh, get out. So. Damn. Never, never got ratified. Well, you know, hold out hope, I guess. Yeah. (laughs) Next, the Titles of Nobility Amendment. This would strip citizenship from any United States citizen who accepts a title of nobility from a foreign country. Oh, my gosh. And to become part of the Constitution today, ratification by an additional 26 states would be required. So like a certain number of them had had agreed on it. Uh But this has been pending since May 1st, 1810. Yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah, I mean, it I mean, happens so you know, rarely at these days. I mean, Meghan Markle would be the only, yeah, she would the be only the- example of this that I could think of right now. Yeah, and Grace Kelly too, but I mean, she's been long gone. Right. So, yeah. yeah. So any U.S. citizen who accepts the title of nobility from a foreign country would no longer be a U.S. citizen. Not really important these no, days. No, not really so a big deal. I don't see this one going anywhere. Yeah. Uh, the third one is the Corwin Amendment, which if ratified, it would have shielded domestic institutions of the states, which in 1861 included slavery uh, from the constitutional amendment process and from abolition or interference by Congress. So this was one of several measures considered by Congress in an ultimately unsuccessful attempt to attract the seceding states back into the union and to entice border slave states to stay. So this has been pending since 1861. Sure. Um, But ultimately, a couple of the other amendments kind of covered a lot of it. So it's just kind of out there in limbo it's it's not gonna it's not gonna go anywhere yeah but it was like kind of a like right before the civil war they were like okay well we gotta figure out something so they kind of offered this up so it's kind of a last minute Mm -hmm. band-aid to be like uh, instead of war how about we pitch this and it didn't work so we went to war anyway Mm -hmm. i get it okay yeah uh, the fourth one that is technically still pending, the Child Labor Amendment, <laughs> which would empower the federal government to limit, regulate, and prohibit child labor. Uh, great. Still pending. <laughs> <laughs> so wait, so does, does that mean that child labor is technically legal? According to the federal government. Uh, okay. I guess the states, oh my God. The states can... Te- sure. States tend to deal with labor more than yeah, the federal more government. Directly. So, mm-hmm. uh, but it was, you know, somebody realized, hey, maybe we should stop sending our six-year-olds to the cotton mill. <laughs> Yeah, but they have such tiny fingers. Their stitches are so mm. precise. Yeah. Oh, 
You can get a beautiful shirt made with perfectly tiny stitches from a six-year-old. I'm kidding, everyone. I do not support child labor. <laughs> Miss InfoPod <laughs> just <laughs> does not condone. We do not condone, condone child, child labor. labor. I, I don't even technically condone teenage labor, but that's neither here nor there. So, the, yeah, the child labor amendment has been pending since June 2nd, 1924. Oh, well, let's Probably. get that back. Probably no, probably no one's going to circle back to any of these pending sure. ones. Yeah, we've got we've got bigger fish to fry at this yeah. point. The Equal Rights Amendment would have prohibited deprivation of equality of rights by the federal or state governments on account of sex. And the problem was, some critics worried that the amendment would make women eligible for the for the military draft and to serve in combat duty. While many working class women's groups were concerned that the amendment would actually nullify any of the protective labor laws that had been helping women in industrial fields. Okay. So the initial ratification period ended March 22nd, 1979 and the extension period ended uh, about five years later in June, 1982. So the amendment failed. So that's this one I, was dead. That's, um, that's later than I was expecting. That's really surprising. Mm-hmm. And the last one that never made it, the District of Columbia Voting Rights Amendment. So this would have treated the District of Columbia as if it were a state regarding representation in the U.S. Congress, Mm -hmm. including repealing a later amendment, which I will mention, uh, representation in the Electoral College and participation in the process by which the Constitution is amended. So the ratification period for this ended August 22nd, 1985, and the amendment failed. Mm. So... Those were the six unratified amendments. They had been approved by Congress, proposed to the states, but were not ratified by the required number of states. Interesting. Okay. So back to the ones that did get ratified. All right, here we go. Here we go. Number 11. Number 11. This one is another kind of can be confusing one. So okay. 11 makes states immune from suits from out of state citizens and foreigners not living within the state borders. Okay. And this lays the foundation for sovereign immunity. This was passed in 1795. Wow. So this is the authority of federal courts restricted. So basically states can't be sued by the federal government. Um, Foreigners not living within the state borders can't sue a state. Okay. So this is this is why like when a crime is committed and they cross state lines, this gets this is really oh this messy. is when this yeah. get, comes into being. Yeah. Okay. So um, for this particular one, I was trying to think of how to keep them how to remember this. Okay. So one and one. I'm pointing up one hand, one finger on my left hand, <laughs> one finger on my right hand. Okay. You're keeping them separate. So oh, okay. states are immune from federal suits. Keep so, them separate. So what you're saying is, I I personally, me, Lauren T., mm-hmm. I cannot sue the state of Minnesota because its people are rude. Right. Oh, damn it. Well, there yeah. goes like but six years of work. probably sue the state of New York. I could sue the here. state of New York and be like, <laughs> New York City is underwhelming. I'm suing you for not... <laughs> No, I'm absolutely I'm underwhelmed. Kidding. I'm underwhelmed. Can you imagine being so, such an asshole to be like, I'm underwhelmed. That's it. I'm suing. Get Chucky Schumer in here. <laughs> snap, snap. Yeah, snap, snap. Okay, so Good. 11 is sovereign immunity. Fabulous. Okay, now, Amendment 12 revises the presidential election procedures by having the president and vice president elected together as opposed to the vice president being the runner up in the election. So Mm, this is 1804. Um, So this is election of the president and vice president stipulates that each elector must cast a distinct vote for president and vice president instead of two votes for president. It also suggests that the president and vice president should not be from the same state, which is interesting to think about because I used to think it It was like... Oh, you were just trying to pander to like the greatest uh, population possible. Yeah. But it is strongly suggested in this amendment that they not be from the same state. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay. So this is um, for the theater nerds out there that have seen Hamilton a million times. Mm. They recognize this because in Hamilton, um, Aaron Burr runs against Thomas Jefferson for president and he comes in second place so that he's like, oh, well, you know. 
and be glad we'll be working together. I'm your I'm your I'm second your, in command. I'm your number and two. Thomas Jefferson is like, you were such a dick to me that whole time. I don't want you to I don't want you to run the you know the government with me. Yeah. And he's like, oh, you know what? We can change that. You know why? Because I'm the president. So, so is this is this a song? Is that are you quoting a song to me right now? Well, like, that's all Hamilton is a song. I guess so. Yeah. That's yeah. True. So basically, this amendment was added because Jefferson hated Aaron Burr. So it was a petty. It was a petty bitch fight that he was like yeah but i guess also it makes sense because like no, if you does if you and this other person that you didn't really like were trying to get the same you know the yeah. same office and like there i mean for a very long time like especially early on there was a lot of muck raking and like oh there was some dirty tricks Lots of muck raking and carpet bagging and, and mug whomping and yellow journalism <laughs> I'm I'm pulling out everything I remembered from like eighth grade history class. Um, yeah. So yeah, you don't want to like suddenly have to sit next to this guy in the cubicle for yeah. all intents and purposes. Yeah. For the exactly. next four years. Yeah. So 12th Amendment, one, two is the first and second in command. Okay. Okay. Great. I love that. All right. Um, amendments 13 through 15 are considered the reconstruction amendments. So these okay. took place in the later part of the 19th century. So- okay. Amendment 13, abolishes slavery and involuntary servitude. Woo! Parentheses, except as punishment for a crime. Wait, I don't know what? If we, I don't know if we have too many involuntary servants these days. But the fact that there's still that loophole is, uh, is suspect to me, personally, <laughs> that like, I could... Like when Jerry Seinfeld gets that guy to yes. be his butler. He gets the guy to be his butler. That's legal under the 13th <laughs> Amendment. They didn't mention that in Seinfeld. I don't want you dating my butler. <laughs> because he's, he's my butler. butler. <laughs> oh, I love sneak it. Peek. Stay tuned for that, everybody. That's a sneak peek. Uh, anyway, so the 13th Amendment. Uh, slavery is outlawed. Um, Congress intended the 13th Amendment to be a proclamation of freedom for all slaves throughout the nation and to take the question of emancipation away from politics. And this amendment rendered inoperative or moot several of the original parts of the Constitution. Okay. So. You know, 13th Amendment, very important. Abolished slavery. I mean, that's really Great. all you need to know. Um, so to remember that. Okay. Ready? A baker's dozen is 13. Okay. If you get a baker's dozen, you get a free bun. So that's like freedom. Freedom, freedom I get it. <laughs> <laughs> Trying. All right. You know what? That was funny. A free bun. I'm not going <laughs> to. <laughs> You're a free bun. 14th Amendment defines citizenship, contains the privileges or immunities clause, the due process clause, the equal protection clause, and deals with post-Civil War issues. So that's 1868. Okay. And if I forgot to mention, uh, the 13th Amendment was 1865. 1865. Okay, yeah, after the the Civil Civil War. War. Mm -hmm. Um, 1868 is the 14th Amendment. Again, this is... Uh, deals with the rights of citizenship. So this has three new limits on state power. A state shall not violate a citizen's privilege or immunities, shall not deprive any person of life, liberty, or property without due process of the law, and must guarantee all persons equal protection of the laws. And these limitations dramatically expanded the protections of the Constitution. Um, Its most famous use was in Brown versus Board of Education. Oh, okay. So um, so this is your defining citizenship. This is your due process process clause and equal protection clause okay so thinking specifically about citizenship okay it's like it takes about 14 days to process your passport application and you need your passport to prove <laughs> to, that you're a citizen sure okay so there's your citizenship there's your citizenship mm-hmm. number 14 14 mm-hmm. and amendment 15 prohibits the denial of the right to vote based on race color or previous condition of servitude and this is 1870 so this is voting rights for men for all races mm-hmm. um, this sought to abolish one of the key vestiges of slavery and to advance the civil rights and liberties of some former enslaved persons yes so um, this is specifically for men <laughs> so um, every man may vote has 15 letters Every man may vote. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. So that's your your reconstruction amendments. 
Here we are. We're moving into the 20th century. Here we go. Your 16th Amendment. Boom, boom. This one, which everybody loves. Everybody loves this one. Do no, they? they don't. This oh, is okay. permits Congress to levy an income tax without apportioning it among the states or basing it on the U.S. Census. Boo. 1913. Texas, boo. Federal income taxes. <laughs> um, so to remember this, you turn 16, you get a job, and you pay your income taxes. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess it's, you know, necessary to keep the whole place running, but I, I mean, who knows? Yeah. Whatever. 16 is income tax. Amendment 17 establishes the direct election of U.S. senators by popular vote. And this is 1913 Mm. also. This is, um, yep, senators are elected by popular vote. That's self-explanatory. Elect your senators has 17 letters. Okay. Your 18th Amendment. And we talked about this in in a very early episode of Misinformation. Yes, we did. The 18th Amendment prohibited the manufacturing or sale of alcohol within the United States. And this is in the year 1919. So liquor is banned in America. So um, for more information on that, check out episode three, Intoxicating Liquors. It's very good. Um, So to remember this one, I think um, you can buy cigarettes at age 18, but you you can't drink. No, you cannot. So that's that's your 18th Amendment. That's good, Julia. Mm -hmm. Good job. 19th Amendment. Woo! Here I go. Here's Here my top. Here go, Lauren. <laughs> boop, 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 boop. <laughs> I am topless right now. You don't know. <laughs> no, I'm Make not. It for I a promise. Very I'm awkward not. recording session. <laughs> Some people, these people are listening at like six in the morning. And you're like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, guys. So your 19th Amendment. <laughs> you got to be you. I got to be me. Yeah. What am I going to say? Whatever. 19th LT. Amendment. Yeah. 19th Amendment. Prohibits the denial of the right to vote based on sex. Woo! So this is night. This happens Boom. in 1920. It is it. the 19th Amendment. Voting rights for women prohibits the government from denying women the right to vote on the same terms as men. Hell yeah. The um, 19th Amendment was originally introduced in Congress in 1878 by Senator Aaron A. Sargent. And Good 41 job. years later, in Ugh. 1919, Congress submitted it to the states for ratification. It was ratified by three-fourths of the states a year later in 1920, with Tennessee's ratification being the last needed to add the amendment to the Constitution. We're watching you, Tennessee. The first state to allow female voters was Wyoming. Which is so surprising. I learned that when I was working on the exhibit at the library Mm -hmm. about women's suffrage, that it was that it was Wyoming of all places. But, you know, thank God, Wyoming. So to remember this one, the right to vote for women was in 1919. Yep. Okay. Amendment 20 changes the date on which the terms of the president and vice president and senators and representatives end and begin. So this was in 1933. So this one has the terms of the president and um, Congress specifically. So Mm -hmm. originally the Constitution provided that the annual meeting was to be on the first Monday in December unless otherwise provided by law. This meant that when a new Congress was elected in November, it didn't come into office until the following March. So there was a lame duck Congress covering that in the interim. So this moves the beginning of a president's new term from March to January 2nd. Which makes sense. And in the case of Congress, moves it up to January 3rd. So proponents hope to put an end to lame duck sessions while allowing for a speedier transition for the new administration and legislators. So the president sworn in on January 20th Mm -hmm. every year. So that's the 20th amendment. 20 makes the presidential term begin on January 20th. Perfect. All right. Home stretch. I'm feeling it. Feel good. My shirt's back on. (laughs) I'm less, I'm less excited about the 20th amendment. Yeah. Yeah. 21st amendment. Here we go. Repeals the 18th amendment. Sure. Coming off again. Here we go. Woo. Where's my wine? (laughs) Seriously. Where's my wine? 1933 is the is the 21st amendment um so the the control of liquor returns to the states and it is the end of prohibition yay Yay. so you can drink at 21 hooray Yeah, yeah exactly there you go 21st amendment okay 22nd amendment Limits the number of times that a person can be elected president. Mm. A person cannot be elected president more than twice. And a person who has served more than two years of a term to which someone else was elected cannot be elected more than once. So this is in the year 1951. Okay. So basically the, the president is limited to two terms total with a maximum of 10 years. So okay. like Lyndon B. Johnson took over for Kennedy two years into his presidency. Sure. So then technically Johnson could only be elected one more time I see, to okay. office. Mm-hmm. But if, say, our buddy 
William Henry Harrison, who died 30 days into office, yes. his vice president could have finished out his term and then Elect- ran for another. And then been, been elected again. Yeah. So, okay. I get it. Yeah, because he's finishing out someone else's term yeah. and then he's being elected on his, presumably his mm-hmm. own merits for the second term. Yeah. I get it. So that technically a person can spend a maximum of 10 years as president of the United sure. States. So um, this is the 22nd Amendment. The president is limited to two terms. Two, two terms. Two, two. Great. 23rd Amendment. (sighs) Grants the District of Columbia electors. And with the number of electors being equal to the least populous state in the Electoral College. 1961. So wasn't there like a ratification? Wasn't there one that wasn't ratified that was about? Yes. So that one was to treat District of Columbia as if it were a state regarding representation in Congress. I see. Okay. So they, yeah. so Washington DC can vote as any they other have electors state in the presidential election. I see. But they cannot, they don't be treated have a, as a state in any other way. Right. Got it. Yes. So, um, this is 1961. This gives you presidential electors for DC. Okay. And DC rhymes with 23. Sure. It does. Okay. Yeah. You're not it wrong. Does. 24. (laughs) Amendment 24. Prohibits the revocation of voting rights due to the non-payment of a poll tax or any other tax. And this is 1964. So voting rights are protected from taxes along with literacy tests and durational residency requirements. Poll taxes were used to keep low income, primarily African-American citizens, Mm -hmm. from participating in elections. So Amendment 24. No tax at the poll door. Oh, that's good. Okay. Look at you. You put so much thought into this. I really did. Yeah, I know. I, and you know what? I'm, I'm acknowledging that. Thank you, Julia. Um, Amendment 25 addresses succession to the presidency and establishes procedures both for filling a vacancy in the office of the vice president as well as responding to presidential disabilities. So this oh, okay. is in the year 1967. So um, this is basically talks about replacing the president and vice president if they are incapacitated or unable to serve yes. so at their best. If your prez isn't alive, check 25. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to think <laughs> that at some point in history, someone was like, oh no, the president's dead. When the president's not alive, check 25. Okay, we're good. We got this. <laughs> we got this. We know what we're doing. Someone get me the... Amendments. <laughs> I need a copy right now. Last two. Here we go. I'm ready. Amendment 26 prohibits the denial of the right of U.S. citizens 18 years of age or older to vote on account of age. So this is 1971. Okay. Voting rights for all citizens 18 and older. So prior to this, many states had 21 as the age for voting. Oh, wow. But the debate about lowering voting age from 21 to 18 began during World War II and intensified during the Vietnam War. Sure, of course. most of those subjected to the draft were too young to vote. Exactly. To have their voices heard in the matter. Absolutely. And the image of young men being forced to risk their lives in the military without the privileges of voting successfully pressured legislators to lower the voting age nationally. And then... Yeah, hell yeah. Yeah. So by 1968, several states had actually lowered the voting age below 21 years on their own. But Fabulous. this amendment in 1971 did it across the board. So this is the 26th Amendment. Okay? Yes. So once you finish learning your alphabet, like once you're out of high school, you got to <laughs> vote for Z, which is the 26th letter. <laughs> I would like to attend the high school that all you, all have, you to have to do is learn, your alphabet? learn the alphabet. <laughs> but you can still vote. Yep. So there you go. Vote for Z, the 26th letter. And then finally, Amendment 27. Get it, get it. This is another kind of boring one. Is it a boring one? So Uh, it's kind of anticlimactic. This delays laws affecting congressional salary from taking effect until after the next election of representatives. Okay. So this was ratified in 1992. So this deals specifically with changes in salaries for senators and U.S. representatives and prevents members of Congress from granting themselves pay raises during the current session. Oh, good. Yeah. So great. You know, in the in the long run, that's good. So actually. This got congressional approval in 1789. Did it really? Along with the rest of the Bill of Rights. But not enough states ratified this one. So as the country continued to grow and a three-fourths majority became harder to attain, the congressional pay amendment became less important. Oh, yeah. And in 1982... 
Gregory Watson, a student at the University of Texas, was researching a term paper when he discovered this Congressional Pay Amendment, and he dug deeper, and he found that it was still technically pending before state legislators. Oh my gosh. So Watson mounted an aggressive letter-writing campaign, and thanks to his urging, state after state finally ratified the amendment until, at last, over 38 of the 50 had done so. Oh my gosh. So over 202 years later, the states finally ratified this amendment in 1992. Greg Watson... Yeah, it's you. He needs a statue somewhere in some park. I mean, probably the senators aren't happy about no, it. No, no. But, but I mean, for the people, <laughs> that's great. He is we a, the people. He is a populist hero. Greg Watson. So yeah. 202 years after it was first approved by Congress, it, it finally got ratified. Fabulous. So the 27th Amendment. Um, this is the highest amendment. Okay. It's uh, you know, highest number amendment. It was raised up above the others. No raises for Congress. Great. There you Ha-ha, go. No so, raises for Congress. There's your 27 amendments. It. And you memorized all of them. And I did. Learn, you just retained all of that information. It's absorbed in you every take cell. any Sporkle quiz on the amendments that you want right I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it right now. Do it. All right, bye. So some final bits and pieces that okay. I think are, you know, they're related to the Constitution. I think they're, they're interesting. Great. So on December 26, 1941, after the Pearl Harbor bombings earlier in the month, Secret Service agent Harry Neal packed four nondescript cases onto a train from Washington, D.C. These included Case 1, Gutenberg Bible, three volumes. Case 2, Articles of Confederation, original engrossed in signed copy. What? Case 3, Magna Carta, Lincoln Cathedral copy. What? Lincoln's second inaugural address, original autographed copy. Lincoln's Gettysburg Address, first and second autograph drafts. Case 4, Constitution of the United States, original, engrossed and signed copy. Declaration of Independence, original, engrossed and signed copy. So, is he Nicholas Cage? 1941, he, under orders, packed these things onto like some some real ratty looking cases and stuck them on a train. Bye. Bye. So, I hope they were in acid-free boxes. One. And I hope they were interleaved. They didn't know what that was. Okay. So here's what happened. Okay. For for reasons of entering wartime. Yes. The current librarian of Congress, whose name was Archibald McLeish. Oh, that's such a good name. He's a great name. Archie McLeish. Archibald McLeish. I love it. He had worried about the contents of that final container most of all. So that final container was the Constitution and the Declaration of Independence. So, um... The Library of Congress in Washington, D.C. had designated all of these documents as utterly irreplaceable. Yeah. And so they were all housed at the Library of Congress at that time. Um, the National Archives and Records Service had not been built yet. They okay. had been established in 1934, but the building didn't exist yet. Oh, my god. So gosh. that's why all of these manuscripts and stuff were still at the Library of Congress. Okay. So the Library of Congress... Um, they were like, we got to get this stuff out of Washington. Yeah. So they also had the um, original copy of Britain's sacred Magna Carta, which again is from 1215. Yeah, that's an old piece of paper. Yes, it was on loan to the Library of Congress after an exhibition at the 1939 New York World's Fair. And when war broke out in Europe, the British asked the U.S. to hold on to it for safekeeping. Yeah, understandable. So Archie McLeish, oh my gosh. he's freaking out. Got to get this stuff out of Washington because we don't, we don't know what's going to happen. So and I'm just going to assume... A man named Archie McLeish, naturally nervous disposition. Oh yeah, I'm gonna say. And if he didn't have a pince nez, I don't. My I name's don't, not I don't know anything. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so Archie McLeish. Archie McLeish got the Secret Service agent Harry Neal to pack these cases up and ship them off, and they went to Fort Knox. Oh, good. Where they lived until September 1944. That's when wonderful. they were returned to Washington. That's so for amazing. three years, the most important documents of our country and some of other countries lived at Fort Knox because it's, you know, the safest place. So it got on a train from D.C. to where's Fort Knox? Kentucky. Kentucky. Okay, so it's not that far. But still, I bet Archie was sweating bullets <laughs> while that train was chugga-chugging. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, because they didn't want to draw attention to it. No, of course not. But still. Yeah. I mean, Archie saw movies. He used to go to the movie theater every Tuesday. He's a man of creatures. He's a creature of habit. (laughs) Finally, I saw some talkies. Yeah, he saw some talkies. I have a whole narrative about Archie. I'm going to write a children's book. (laughs) I really hope you do. The Adventures of Archie McLeish. Good character. So, that was a lot of important documents uh, on a train to to Kentucky, where they survived just fine. Um, Some of the amendments... 
especially 25, talk about the presidential order of succession. Okay. So I'm just going to tell you what that order is. Oh, so, yeah. Mm-hmm. President. Sure. Next. Vice president. Got it. Then speaker of the house. Mm-hmm. Then president pro tem, who is the president of the Senate. Okay. So the house one is actually comes before the Senate guy does. Oh, okay. Um, after that, the secretary of state, the secretary of treasury, secretary of defense, the attorney general, and then as you know, the rest are other cabinet positions ending with the secretary of Homeland security. Okay. So the secretary of Homeland security is like the last bottom last, of the totem pole. Yeah. Um, what's that TV show? Designated survivor. Designated survivor. So he was the housing and urban development secretary. Okay. Um, but, um, so they just didn't bring him to the um, State of the Union address. They yeah, just had they were, him. They were like, yep, you're the one that gets to sit out. And he was just like hanging out in survivor. an office building, like eating snacks in his sweatpants, watching the, the thing happen on TV. And then the whole Capitol building got blown up in this television show. I will say it's a very compelling story mm-hmm. for a television show. Oh, yeah. You watched it, didn't you? I watched you? it. I loved it. Did it end? Did they finish? Yeah, did it get canceled? Two, it got canceled after uh, that. That's too bad. I would love to hear more about President Urban and Housing Development. <laughs> Tom Kirkland. Tom. Oh, was that his name? Yeah, President Tom Kirkland. Kirkland. Okay. It was Kiefer Sutherland, which yeah. is my he's my favorite television president. Oh yeah, he has such gravitas. Yeah, and his voice is really beautiful. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, oh, he gets such moving speeches. Oh, I bet he does. Mm-hmm. And Kiefer Sullivan, Sutherland. 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 Sullivan. What's wrong with me? Kiefer Sullivan. He um. It's very different from what his real life is because he's kind of a drunk, I've heard. Oh. He's like a wild man. Oh, boy. Yeah, he like, I, I saw a video. Not just from like the 80s when no, everybody he still was is. drunk. <laughs> there was a video that I saw of him in a hotel lobby and he's like, I'm going to fight this Christmas tree. And he fought it. And the, the tree won. It was really bad. <laughs> but what a fun he's, guy. He's very good at being president yes. on this ABC show that's been canceled. Great actor. Um, last thing I wanted to mention, the prototype for the space shuttle program was originally supposed to be called the constitution in 1976, but then a letter writing campaign by fans of a certain TV series prompted the change to become the enterprise. Are you serious? Yes. Really? Yes. Is that, well, of course. I mean, people who are paying attention to NASA and their projects, the Venn diagram of people who love NASA and, and people, people who, who love, love Star Trek, Trek is a, is is a, a complete circle. circle. Yes. <laughs> so, of course, they're going to be like, no, um, mm-hmm. you're going to name it after the flagship. Yep. So it's supposed the to be the Constitution. And the Star Trek the Star Trek fans wrote it in and got it changed. You know what? I'm going to say that was the Power best to choice. The, we the people. Yeah, we the people decided that it's going to be named after a fictional starship in your face. There you go. I love it. All right. That was your amendments. Great. Now I'm very excited about the quiz. Okay. I'm going to zag. You're going to zag on me? Yeah. Okay. All right. So the quiz is called 27. Okay. So this is a quiz on perfect cubes. What? So that's a cube number. Yeah, yeah. No, I get it. <laughs> uh, and a hodgepodge of things associated with the number 27. So every other question in this set will be about cube numbers. And the number is the same for each of these descriptors. So you'll just tell me the number. So, for example, if I said the number of amendments to the Constitution, the number of bones in the human hand, and the number of letters in the Spanish alphabet, you would tell me? 27. 27. Mm-hmm. So that's okay. three cubes. I get it. Yeah. All right. Here we go. Question one, tell me, the number of origami cranes needed to be folded to have your wish granted, the number of words a picture is worth, and the denomination of currency referenced by gamblers as a dime. Question two, the script for the 2008 film 27 Dresses, starring Katherine Heigl and James Marsden, was written by what screenwriter and producer, also known for the screen adaptation of The Devil Wears Prada and for co-creating the CW series Crazy Ex-Girlfriend? Question 3. Tell me, the number of squares on a standard chessboard, the number of positions in the Kama Sutra, and the number in a popular home video game console released in 1996. Question four. Coolrophobiacs, you're safe to visit Dairy Maine from now until the year 2038, since this creature only awakens from the sewers every 27 years. 
what is this demonic entity of evil and which New England author is his creator? Question five, tell me. The ISO standard for paper sizes. The number of web-safe colors on a standard colored palette used on web pages in the 2000s. And according to Ken Burns, the number of total stitches on a baseball. Question six. The 27th president of the United States was William Howard Taft. Jump into your way back machine. What was the name of his vice president, also the 27th vice president of the United States, who was the most recent VP to have died while in office? Question seven. Tell me the atomic number of hydrogen, the loneliest number according to Three Dog Night, and the numerical value of true in many computer programming languages. Question eight. The 27 Club is a cultural list of popular musicians, artists, or actors who died at age 27. I'm going to name you three celebrities who died too young, and you tell me if they're post-mortem members of this morbid club. First, Kurt Cobain. Second, Aaliyah. Third, James Dean. Question nine. Tell me the number of circuits in neurological evolution as defined by Timothy Leary. The number of pounds in the old English unit of weight called a clove. And the number of vegetables in a popular juice sold by Campbell Soup Company. And finally, question 10. Mike Dowdy, formerly of the alt-rock band Soul Coughing, wrote a 2000 song about how he went to school with 27 girls with what name? Though 26 of them went by a derivative nickname. I'll give you about a minute to think and we'll be back with your answers. All right. All right. You know what? Did I, I did I fry your brain? You did with not numbers. fry my brain. There were a couple ones that I was like, oh, come on. But I think I'm, I think I did it pretty good. All right. So famous okay. last words, but still. All right. Question one. The number of origami cranes needed to be folded to have your wish granted. The number of words a picture is worth and the denomination of currency referenced by gamblers as a dime. Uh, that is one thousand. Yeah. And do you know what number that is cubed? No. Ten. Oh, okay. Ten cubed is 1,000. Oh, okay. Okay. Steve Question is going to be so two. disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> the script for the 2008 film 27 Dresses, starring Katherine Heigl and James Marsden, was written by what screenwriter and producer, also known for the screen adaptation of The Devil Wears Prada and for co-creating the CW series Crazy Ex-Girlfriend? Is that Aline Broch-McKenna? It is Aline Broch-McKenna. I didn't know that she... That she wrote 27 dresses yeah. and worked on the devil's where where's oh my Prada. Gosh. Oh my yeah. gosh. So she's a she's written some of my favorite favorite movies. Yeah. She's so, very funny. Um, McKenna has jokingly referred to the devil wears Prada. Um Morning Glory and I don't know how she does it, which these are all films she wrote yeah. as the Blackberry 3, as a thematically linked trio of films featuring women who see their blackberries more than they see their own films. <laughs> oh, it's super funny. That's pretty good. Yeah. She's awesome. I follow her on Instagram. I should follow her. She seems, yeah, because I follow um, Rachel mm-hmm. Bloom, but mm-hmm. I should follow Aline Broche. Yeah. Um, question three. Tell me the number of squares on a standard chessboard, the number of positions in the Kama Sutra, and the number in a popular home video game console released in 1996. I, I'm making a guess, and uh-huh. I'm going to go with, and the reason why was because I was trying to visualize a chessboard uh-huh. and, and count the squares, uh-huh. and then multiply it by you didn't itself. get here from the kama sutra or the video game no, I, of course not <laughs> i i have not looked at either of those so i'm gonna go with 64 it is 64 nice. <laughs> which is four cubed 
Okay, four cubed, mm-hmm, yes. Mm-hmm. All right, question four. Coolrophobiacs, you're safe to visit Derry, Maine from now until the year 2038, since this creature only awakens from the sewers every 27 years. What is this demonic entity of evil, and which New England author is his creator? That is a clown called It, and that is Stephen King. Yes, Stephen King's I read it. the Wikipedia page for that book because I am never reading it. So the thing about It is It isn't always a clown. Okay. Oh, it's just so it is a monster of unknown origin that preys on Darius children and humans every 27 years, stating it finds the fear in children akin to salting the meat. And among its powers is shape shifting into a form that induces fear while killing the victim. Oh, normally assuming the form of a middle aged man dressed in a clown costume, calling itself Pennywise the Dancing Clown and occasionally Bob or Robert Gray, modeled after Bozo and Ronald McDonald. So... This is the reason why people are terrified yes. of clowns. Oh, yes. This is the sole reason, the sole cultural reason, yeah, why everyone hates clowns now, and working clowns curse the name of Stephen King every day. <laughs> they, they come out of their house after they've drawn their sad, oversized mouth on, yes. and they've put on their, their cap. And their giant shoes. Their fur, and they take... They take their white gloves and they, they shake, shake their, their fists, fists at, the at the sky. And then they get in their tiny car with all their friends. <laughs> oh, man. Question five. Okay. Tell me the ISO standard for paper sizes. The number of web safe colors on a standard color palette used on web pages in the 2000s. And according to Ken Burns, the number of total stitches on a baseball. You know what? I knew the total stitches on a baseball at one point. I'm going to go with a... A hundred? The answer is 216. Oh, okay. I wasn't so going to get that. six cubed. So um, talking specifically about um, the web-based color palette. So okay. in the early days of computing, many displays were only capable of displaying 256 colors. So um, that's often a number you see out there. And these may be dictated by the hardware or changeable by a color table. And when a color is found, like in an image, and it's mm-hmm. not one that's available, a different one had to be used. So this could be done by either using the closest color or by using dithering, which is like picking a color like that's approximately close to it. Oh, okay. Um, so there were various attempts to make a standard color palette, and a set of colors was needed that could be shown without dithering on these 256 color displays. And the number 216 was chosen partly because computer operating systems customarily reserved 16 to 20 colors for their own use. And it was also selected because it allows exactly six equally spaced shades of red, green, and blue. Six times six times six equals 216. I see, okay. I know. Very t- no, it's very all right. technical. Please. Um, and um, I think the most commonly accepted answer to stitches on a baseball, that people say 108 double stitches, but Ken Burns specifically says 216. Okay. So, so 108 double stitches would be 216 regular stitches. ass stitches. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's six cubed. That answer. Question six. The 27th president of the United States was William Howard Taft. Jump into your way back machine. What was the name of his vice president, also the 27th, who was the most recent vice president to have died while still in office? Was this Mentor Johnson? No. Oh, shoot. (laughs) You remember that just because I was. Yeah, because you were wondering who he was. Yeah. This is James S. Sherman. Oh, I wouldn't have known that. The Wayback Machine was trying to, I was trying to clue you in. Why would P- Mr. Peabody and Sherman? Oh, the I Wayback didn't. Machine. I don't know what that is. Oh, okay. Anyway, James S. Sherman was the first vice president to fly in a plane in 1911. Oh, wow. And also the first to throw out the first ceremonial pitch at a baseball game. That's cool. He served under Taft from 1909 to 1912, and he died in October 1912. So the vice president office for the rest of Taft's term ended in March 1913 after losing the 1912 presidential election to Woodrow Wilson and Thomas Marshall. So uh, Taft finished out his term without anybody in his office. Oh, that's interesting. Question seven. Tell me, the atomic number of hydrogen, the loneliest number according to Three Dog Night, and the numerical value of true in many computer programming languages. That is one. It is one. Do you know what that is cubed? One? Yeah. One cubed is one. Great job. All right. Question eight. The 27 Club is a cultural list of popular musicians, artists, or actors who died at age 27. I'm going to name you three celebrities who died too young, and you tell me if they're post-mortem members of this morbid club. Okay. Okay. First, Kurt Cobain. Yes. 
Yes. Died at 27 years, 44 days of suicide by gunshot. Second, Aaliyah. Uh, yes. No, she died at age 22 oh, in a really? plane crash in the Bahamas. Oh my gosh, that's awful. And third, James Dean. I feel like James Dean was younger, but I'm going to say yes. No, he was uh, 24. Yeah, he was very young. Yeah. Damn he it, died I in a head-on car crash. Ugh, such and, a terrible way um, to go. He died, but the guy whose car hit him, mm-hmm. um, he just had like a couple bruises or whatever. Are you serious? And his name was Donald Turnipseed. No. Which is, <laughs> that's going to be my fake name when I start checking into <laughs> hotels and I need wow. an anonymity. My name is yeah. Donald Turnipseed. My name is Donna Turnipseed. Donna Turnipseed. <laughs> I'm the I'm descendant of the man who killed James Dean. Yikos. Oof. All right. Question nine. Tell me the number of circuits in neurological evolution as defined by Timothy Leary. The number of pounds in the old English unit of weight called a clove and the number of vegetables in a popular juice sold by Campbell Soup Company. I'm going to go with eight. It is eight. Do you know what that is cubed? Uh, uh, 64. Oh, no. Two cubed is oh, eight. Oh, um, no, no, I don't know. No, so I just said two cubed. Two to the third power. Oh, two it to equals the third power. Eight. Yes, it goes yeah. under. It goes below. I get it. <laughs> Sorry, that made sense to me and no one else. You can edit that mm-hmm. out. <laughs> uh-huh. Um, so what I found fun was the clove. An old English unit of weight was equal to eight pounds when measuring cheese. Just cheese. Yeah. Okay. So that's the standard. Yes. Now, are, are you saying clove? Clove. Like, like the spice. C-L-O-V-E. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, some other English units of weight that some, some they use some sometimes. Okay. Not so much others. A nail is seven pounds. Okay. A stone is 14 pounds. Yes, that of course. Still yeah. around. And a tod is 28 pounds. T-O-D is two stone. <laughs> and a nail is a half a stone. A nail is a half of a stone. Uh-huh. Okay. All right. Yeah. So I can now... When I go to the doctor, I can tell them that I weigh like a certain amount of nails. <laughs> yeah. See how that goes. Yeah, way. I'll see how uh-huh. that goes. They'll kick me out. I'm taking you to And finally, question 10. Mike Dowdy, formerly of the alt-rock band Soul Coughing, wrote a 2008 song about how he went to school with 27 girls with what name, though 26 of them went by derivative nicknames. I don't know. Jessica? It's close. It's 27 Jennifers. Jennifers. Yes. Yeah. So the lyrics are like, I went to school with 27 Jennifers, 16 Jens, 10 Jennies, and then there was her. Yeah. That's kind of funny. Yeah. That's cute. Yeah. I don't know anything about Mike Doughty, so. No. It's just a catchy song, I guess. Okay. Yeah. Great. Well, thanks, Jewel. That was great. You're welcome. Thank you. I hope you guys learned some stuff tonight. And you know what? That was a surprisingly jovial run <laughs> through the amendments sure so keep that in mind everybody uh for um pub quiz in the yeah. future yeah yeah so um if you want to get in touch with us you can email us at misinfopod at gmail.com we're on twitter at misinfopod we have a facebook page misinformation a trivia podcast and we have a website triple dub.misinfopod.com Yes, and you can also stream our show on www.missinfopod.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, if you want to listen to more of this, uh, we have... Who wouldn't? <laughs> who wouldn't? It's great. We'll listen to this twice. Uh, we are on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and we have an RSS feed for any podcast app that you prefer. Yes. Awesome. So thank you for listening, guys. Thank you. Please rate, review, and subscribe. Uh, tell a friend... You know, do all of that stuff. Do the work for us is what we're saying. (laughs) (laughs) But all in all, thanks for listening. Yes. Thank you. And And we'll we'll catch catch you next time. time. All right. Bye. Bye.